When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello guys and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the latest uh, offering into the uh, Iron Maiden month uh, in a few minutes. I just want to say um, a big thank you to all those that have donated to uh, Buy Me A Coffee um, and those that are regularly listening to this show. I have a lot of them now across the world, which is really encouraging. I do this just for the music community and the love of music so it really does um, make me smile think people are listening uh, please do though when you are on Spotify or Apple um, please do give me a five star review or, or whatever stars you want to give just go pop over and give me a review um, you only click two seconds to click and click that five it gives me a bigger audience because the way the algorithm works I get to um, more people uh, will see my uh, program and we can all join in together with this uh, nutty world we live in anyway thank you for that thank you for the listening here we're going forward so this week's episode as you can tell by the picture and the thumbnail if you're not um, if you haven't noticed just yet it's uh, somewhere in time it was the Iron Maiden's um, uh, album that they reduced they produced just after the world slavery tour of 84 and 85 um, it was a, a physically draining um, tour, 331 days, comprising 187 uh, concerts. Uh, that resulted in exhaustion in uh, in Bruce Dickinson, and it's the reason why that he has no songwriting credits on this album, which is unusual. It's the only one with him in the band where this doesn't happen. Um, the only material he did have was rejected, sadly. He wanted to go in a direction of sort of your um, your Led Zeppelin, just Stairway to Heavens and your... Uh, uh, and Zeppelin 4 and Physical graf- Graffiti, sorry. And the band didn't want that. He wanted more acoustic stuff. He felt they were a bit one-dimensional. Um, and so I think, honestly, that's probably to do with the tiredness more than anything. Um, but he was burnt out. I mean, that kind of tour... Um, these days probably easier because he'd fly them um, you know he'd he'd do stuff uh, and also there'd be more 
um, five-star hotels and a bit more pampering. And I mean, they famously don't turn up to gigs to do, um, sound, uh, you know, uh, walkthroughs and run-throughs and, and sound checks because they just they know their music after this many years. You can't blame them uh, for not, you know. And as they're getting on, it's easier uh, to do that. Um, there was songs on the album that came from previous recordings. So uh, Adrian Smith wrote uh, Wasted Years uh, and Strangers in a Strange Land, um, which he had sort of had in the in the process um, previous to that. They were the two singles that come off the album. Um, and they're the only two on the album not to feature synthesizers. Um, and that's a, a really, really... Um, um, apt point there. This album, the reason I chose it is the sound, not so much hey the 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 songs or you know the the what their content, um, but the sound they produce. This sound, this very sort of specific sound that they made for this album, um, is very much the maiden sound that I think of the most. Interesting, isn't it? You think oh, I think of the the Power Slave or the Cordiano or the you know, number of the beast. Now this one, somewhere in time. Uh, a, it's got my favourite Eddie. I think most people's favourite Eddies, to be honest, Cyborg Eddie. But also, it's just that that guitar synth sound, and they don't didn't really use it afterwards. I mean, in, in small parts. Um, I mean, it was down to Dave Murray experimenting with with new equipment. Um, this remarked a change in the sound for I made, and it was their first with guitar synths, as I said. Um, although the next release in 1988, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, had some keyboards on it. Um, there's a difference between guitar synth and keyboards. And keyboards, um, those out there don't know. Um, they also, it was the first time they'd taken time off between records. They'd always recorded once every year. Uh, this was the first time that they had a gap in between. Um, and they didn't want to be hurried. You know, Harris said that he's that he finds this is the more expansive of the records because the bass and drums recorded in the Bahamas, the guitars and vocals recorded in the Netherlands, and the mixing taking place in New York. So very globe trotting, uh, and it, you, I think you can hear that in the sound. It it has um, space and time themes, uh, which I and um. Steve Harris has said that he doesn't consider it a concept album, even though the theme, a lot of the stuff mixed around the themes are space and time. I think, thinking back on it over the week that I've been listening to it and reading the notes, that even more so, it would be why you can see why he would have written that. Um, that they've spent 331 days um, touring, it's almost the entire year working, that's not many days off. And so time becomes um, something that you'll think of a lot. Like, like I said before, as a great Douglas Adams said, you know, lunchtime, uh, time is an illusion, lunchtime doubly so. Um, he used to say that he liked the sound that deadlines made as a whooshed past as well. Um, but you can see why then that it would be sort of fixated within time because they had used up so much of their time touring the, the amazing Power Slave album. So I really think, yes, it's a concept album. It's not a concept album per se. Could you find a story in it? No, but you can find a contact, uh, or a um, contextual link 
try and say it now after four pints of lager. I can tend to link through those, okay? Um, and again, the two singles, you know, um, Wasted Years and Stranger in a Strange Land. Um, Stranger in a Strange Land, not so much a time thing, although when we talk about it later on, you could probably understand why there are some time themes, but it's made like Wasted Years, definitely so. Heather Can Wait um, as another time-related one. Uh, if you think about it as well and one of those favorite sing-along songs that they released uh it um it it's a it runs in at 51 minutes and 18 seconds so slightly longer um than the previous few albums by maybe two or three minutes um it it you know there are themes like a song like deja vu again all to do with time and 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 relapses of time and things happening before Russell, 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 Russell. Sorry, they're my notes. Okay. Um, the two singles that were released off of it. So they both interestingly charted 18 in the UK charts. Um, the first one was Wasted Years. Um, the song deals with the subject of homesickness, alienation, uh, never, never the negative aspects of the band's early long previous tours and personal problems with Smith and other members of the band were going through at the time. Um, the chorus suggests the idea that one should move beyond past troubles and look forward. Uh, the original working title was Golden Years, um, and that can be heard on the Somewhere on Tour bootlegs. Um, it is the first time that um, the, so the solos are written wholly by... Um, Hang on, that sorry, that could be somewhere in time. Yes, it was. Scrap that. We'll go to the ignore what I just said then. Okay, um, it was sure the video was shot in Frankfurt, uh, and um, it features um, the video game Rock Band. It's, the song is video uh, fe featured in the latest. The, the blah 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 blah. Apologize for that. It's been one of those days. It was featured in the game Rock Band. Um, Look, it is, is it my favourite of the songs off the album? Probably not. Is it the best, most radio-friendly? Yeah, I'd say it definitely is. Um, it was the B-side of, of it, actually, is uh, Life in the City by Smith's prior band, Urchin. Was, that was the recorded it originally, and then they re-recorded it for the band. Um, it also became a, um, was also there's also a B-side again mocking Smallwood called Bay, Bayswater ain't the bad place to be um, it's in the Quick Will Be Dead single or the B-side of the Quick Will Be Dead single um, the song is composed in the key of E of those people that are music note people I'm just reading off some notes I wrote down here I hope you're finding it informative um, and not boring uh, it was played a lot on the Ed Hunter tour and the Seventh Son Seventh Tour, which I saw. I saw Maiden at Donington of the Seventh Son of the Seventh Son tour, and they played it there, and I remember it vividly. I'm very lucky to have been there. Okay, it was also covered by um, Adrian Smith's band Psycho Motel, as well. Uh, Yannick Gers often played the solo on real on the Real Life tour. Um, Judah Smith only had been left the band previously. Um, the next single uh, that came off, it was Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, this is an interesting song. This is basically about the Arctic explorer who dies in the frozen ice. And a hundred years, his body is found, preserved, and by other people exploring there. Adrian Smith was inspired to write this by a song after taking to an uh, talking to an explorer who had similar experiences discovering a body in the polar wastes. 
The guitar solo, as I was mentioning back earlier, which I got mixed up with, is the first that um, Smith played with where he didn't go at a breakneck speed. He felt he had breath and time to play, space to play. It wasn't as fast and as aggressive and as heavy as it had been in the past. Uh, it allowed him little time to stretch out, he said, in a 2020 uh, interview. Um, the cover of the single is quite iconic. It's probably the most iconic single, I think, outside of the Run to the Hills singles for me, with the Clint Eastwood uh, man with no name, Eddie, Cyborg Eddie in the hat and the gun. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it truly is that, I think, that moment in Maiden. And we're going to talk about the cover on the B-side of, the, of this interview, uh, sorry, this podcast, um, where there's so much to take to talk about that. It's going to probably take the whole, almost the whole second side um it's it, it's probably the my favorite song on the album for the fact that it does have that bluesy stretch in the guitars um the b-side uh that girl and juanita both played during the entire uh, ruffle russell russell um to the pop, entire population of hackney in a hack, uh, secret gig they played that he played that adrian smith played uh with nicka mcbrain uh, it's actually written. That girl was written in a, by a, um, a, by Merv Goldsworthy and Pep Jupe and Andy Barrett for their band FM. So they covered that. And Juanita was originally played by Barrett's band Marshall Fury in the 1980s. It was written by Steve uh, Barnacle and Derek O'Neill. Marshall Fury never recorded this song for this. Never recorded it. So it was only ever recorded by Maiden. Um, so it, I love the way that Maiden do stretch out and uh, play homage to their. Um, their influences. I really love the fact that they had uh, B-sides, which you never got before. You don't, you don't get any more. You don't get, you know, um, B-sides. You don't flip it over and get a whole new song that's not on an album that you can cherish because, you know, you just don't do it because the physical medium isn't released anymore. Therefore, why would you bother putting B-sides on? You're not going to put a B-side on a download. That's my old man moan over and done with. Now, when we get to the B-side of this, we're going to chat more about um, a quick chat about the, sing- the album itself, the song um, in, in a quick rundown. But I'm going to go over the mammoth task of what's on the cover. If any of you own the physical cover on CD, good luck on CD, it's a bit harder. On vinyl, you can open, honestly, while it, pause it, go and get the album and have a look around the album with me as we go by all the in-jokes that... Uh, poor Derek Riggs had to put in onto the album. Uh, it's quite an intense... I'm not going to go over all 45 in-jokes. I'm going to go over some of the stuff that I found intriguing, um, and I hope you find intriguing too. And that's the beauty, isn't it, of, of, of having art form in the art form of medium of vinyl that you can open up and read and look. You don't need a magnifying glass. Um, there's lots of forums out there of what's on this cover and what it all means. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory, I think. I'm going to go put the kettle on, get these old vocal cords a bit of a, of a oil. Uh, sorry about the sputtering earlier. It just happens sometimes. Um, you know me, I'm not going to stop and edit it. I just find that stuff tiring. It gets in the way of creativity. Um, and uh, we'll talk a quick rundown, as I said, about track by track, um, what I feel of them, and then we'll move on to the incredible artwork that's on that album and uh, I hope you uh, go and pause this now while, or go while the ads are on go and grab the album and um, I'll talk to you on the B-side type now
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back guys, I've had my tea brewing for a minute or two while the ads were playing and now we're ready to chat about the album itself. So, um, 51 minutes and 40 seconds as I mentioned, 8 songs. The track order goes Somewhere in Time, Wasted Years, Sea of Madness, Heaven Can Wait, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner, Strangers in a Strange Land, Deja Vu and Alexander the Great. Now, as I said before on the A side there and previously, uh, it is sort of a a time-themed album um, you know your wasted years as I mentioned previously won't go into there Sea of Madness Heaven Can Wait again Heaven Can Wait is about um, I mean I take on it that it's about someone who um, doesn't you know doesn't want to die yet Heaven Can Wait time I've got more time The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner um, is a classic I believe it's a classic poem um, I'm just going to check that one second no, I got that wrong. It's a book um, which was in, made into a film in 1962 and it says it was a metaphor for running away from society. Now, I'm a long distance runner uh, and have been for a very long time and I do understand where they're coming from because in that moment when you're out on the road and you've got 40 kilometers ahead of you, uh, in, either in a race day or a training day, 
um, you do you are running away basically because no one can talk to you, no one can be with you. It's almost like being on a long distance flight. You know, you know you can't be contacted. Well, <clears throat> you couldn't be at one time, but I think you can now. But you know you can't get away. You can just be away. It's when you're not near your Wi-Fi or you're not near your phone and you're just being one. And I think that's uh, and the and the song itself, I think portrays that. Bruce's uh, lyric and vocal um, performance in it has that sense of lament and that getting away from society which I think um, is again beautiful as what Maiden does so so well as I said musically let's get I mean this is a music podcast let's talk about the music as well um, the synth guitars um, the the um, <clears throat> Steve's bass is as always dramatic and 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 uh, fast and heavy and and dynamic um, Nico what can I say about Nico Nico's drums will always be Nico's drums I mean I once saw an interview with Tommy Lee and he said that when they would watch well, if you want to watch a drummer um, and, and look, who looks like an athlete when he plays go behind the drums and watch Nico because he's just like an octopus on acid uh, that's my bit I didn't say t- Tommy didn't say that I've said that um you know, and then you've got Deja Vu again. So if any of you have ever suffered, or not suffered, ever experienced Deja Vu, pardon me, you may not believe in Deja Vu. You may not believe in Deja Vu. You may not believe in... I'm just joking. Um, you know, where you've lived it before, um, the classic Monty Python sketch, please, please, if you get a chance to look it up, the Milkman sketch with the Deja Vu uh, is sums it up completely. Um, and then we get to um, Alexander the Great. And I love this. They've put the brackets 335-323 BC. Close brackets. Um, those that don't know anything about Alexander the Great, those that are not interest, pe- interested in history, um, honestly, please do yourself a favor. One of the greatest men who ever lived. Um, uh, son of, uh, of um, uh, Prince, I think it's... Philip, um, he basically he was a um, a learned man, an intellectual man, and he paved the as the lyric says, paved the way for Christianity. Marching on, he conquered all of Asia Minor. Um, he he brought philosophy, art, the art of war, um, the art of diplomacy um, across Europe. He basically. Um, People say that, that Rome created Europe, uh, that the Roman Empire created Europe. I, I'd say that he's on par with uh, Alexander the Great in creating um, um, the, what the Europe we know of today, an Asian minor. And, I mean, he died of fever in Babylon. So he was a young man when he died. Um, some people say he was assassinated. Others say he just died. No one knows where he's buried. Um, I think it was probably done deliberately to um, avoid uh, martyrdom, maybe. I don't know. Still an amazing, an amazing human being. Please, I've not given him justice what I've said. I'm sure there is more to Alexander the Great than what I am saying. But if you listen to the lyric... Now, interestingly, again, what we said about Maiden. I got into a lot of my love of history because of Maiden. Um, a lot of my love of of literature and poetry because of Maiden. 
Um, and Alexander the Great was one of those first ones. I remember listening to the song and having to go, I died of fever in Babylon. Oh, kid looking, you know, going to the library, was in the library, grabbing a book, a quick flick through um, a potted history of, of Alexander the Great. Um, and you just, I mean, there's several names in history that you know of when you hear them and don't know much about, you know, Alexander the Great, Hannibal, um, Julius Caesar, uh, you know, Mark Antony, um, Ptolemy, these people, you go, oh, I need to listen, I need to, uh, and of course, Alexander the Great was around during the Ptolemaic, or just before the Ptolemaic Empire, and I think he also, he was a pharaoh at one point. Fascinating, fascinating um, man. Anyway, that aside, brilliant song, it has the feel, as a lovely spoken word intro, you know, this kingdom I give to thee is too small for thee, and it's, it, it is Maiden, as I keep saying, and as we had, I was having dinner with my good friend John the other night, and he said to me, I'd mentioned that you always remember the dessert, and you always remember the dessert, and with Maiden, the last track is usually their best, uh, and it often it, they cap off the off the album with a, a, a solid gold corker, and they have done with Alexander the Great, my favourite of the longer epic songs of the early period of Maiden. That aside, let's now dive into the amazing album. I've got to get some paper, so ruffle, rustle, rustle. Here we go. As I said, there's 45 physical artwork pieces in jokes in this album. Now, Dennis Riggs, sorry, Derek Riggs, um, painted the album. It took him um, a month, I believe, to paint a 15 by 22 um uh, artwork. Uh, it has so many things on there. I'm going to sort of, where I am? I'm going to flick through things here. Okay, let's grab some stuff. You've got the album in front of you, I hope. Are you sitting comfortably? Let's begin. The street sign on the corner where Eddie is standing reads Acacia, partially obscured, a reference to the song 22 Acacia Avenue from The Number of the Beast from the 1982 album. Below the acacia is a poster of Eddie from the first album with graffiti reading Eddie Lives. Torn posters are also featured on the Sanctuary and Women's in Uniform singles. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, an eye of Horace neon sign is at the top of the building referencing the song Power Slave from the 1984 album of the same name. Um, the haloed black cat from the back cover of the Live After Death album is on the pavement behind Eddie. So would you have picked it up? I wouldn't have picked it up. I mean, I'm sure those eagle-eyed maiden nuts might have done. Um, Derek Riggs' signature is to be found on Eddie's chest. I've looked for that. I didn't see it the first time. Yes, I saw it then. Um, A clock reading 23.58, two minutes to midnight. Now, that's also on the Wasted Years single cover, I believe. Um, we've got um, the word the, below the clock there was a sign which reads Phantom of the Opera House in reference to the song Phantom of the Opera from the first album again love those little in jokes I mean this Derek, Derek Riggs and the band really worked hard on that um, flying over the Aces High bar is a spitfire the same spitfire from the Aces High cover to the left of the Aces High bar are four letters in yellow and green these are Hebrew letters spelling out the name of God or Yahweh that one, I'd love people to sort of um, get back on me and tell me what that's about. Um, I don't believe that Maiden are overly religious people. There's no, apart from Heaven Can Wait uh, on the album, maybe that's the only one that sort of really talks about 
heaven. Anyway, so it might be that. Among the pyramids in the Grim Re is a Grim Reaper, similar to that which appears on the covers of the Trooper and the Live After Death. Now the pyramids are in the back, in the, uh, in the near the clouds. The cinema is named Philip K. Dick Cinema. Love that. Named after the uh, author of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is what the name of the short story was that they took for uh, Blade Runner, which was what this, which Steve Harris says the album is mainly based on or attributed to. More Blade Runner references include the Decker's department store, as as in the Tyrol Corp. Signed both from the album from the movie. There's also the background of the Bradbury Towers can be seen, a reference to the Bradbury building, which is prominent in Blade Runner, and also, I would say, a reference to Ray Bradbury, the, the amazing science fiction author who probably influenced um, Derek uh, Dick. Not Derek Dick, that's Fish. Philip K. Dick. On the second floor of the, Rus of the Ruskin Arms, which is the building that they, uh, the pub that Iron Maiden first played in, um, uh, there is a poster that says Iron Maiden. On the second floor, the, sorry, the building, there is a woman sitting in a red lit room, which is a reference to Charlotte the Harlot, a repeated character in the band's songs, which was also a song, side note, brought to the band by, I think, by uh, Adrian Smith from his previous band, Urchin. Okay. There's also, a above the Ruskin Arms, is a neon sign that reads Rainbow, another famous venue where Iron Maiden recorded a video in 1980, one of the best live um, recordings of their earlier uh, years that you'll get. On the roof of the same building is a TARDIS from the BBC TV series Doctor Who. The TARDIS also features in the cover of Wasted Years, another time-related nuance. Uh, above the Bradbury Tower neon sign is Icarus in flames falling from the sky in the same style of the cover from the band's 1983 single Flight of Icarus. According to the rigs, Icarus is supposed to look like the logo used by Swan Song, f f by the Swan Song label founded by Led Zeppelin. This goes on, guys. It goes on. One second, my computer has decided to sleep. Tap, tap, tap. Okay, didn't know where I was. Um, on the walkway above the clock is an electronic sign that says last results West Ham 7 Arsenal nil. I'm going to repeat that being a West Ham a lifelong West Ham fan West Ham 7 Arsenal nil. Now West Ham as if any keen West Ham uh, Iron Maiden fan knows they are called the Irons so is West Ham all all the band are Iron Maiden fans um, they all grew up in the east end of London um, in fact, Steve Harris had trials for the team, and if he had got in, he probably would be playing football, not being in the best band in the world. Hey, that much talent. I don't know what I'd want playing for West Ham or being in our maiden. I'd think I'd probably choose maiden, as football can wane. Um, and there's a side story to that. I don't know if I told it in the podcast before, but I had trials for um, QPR... Uh, um, Juniors team, I failed. I didn't turn up to the guitar classes at school because I wanted to play football in the school break. More for me because now I'm not a great guitarist, but I was a steady, adequate football player. It says it all, really, doesn't it? Uh, there is a sign which reads tonight, Gypsy's Kiss, a reference to Harris's first band. So fantastic. I love this stuff. This is a synonym sign. A syncom sign refers to the 1961 NASA program of the same name. So space again, time related themes. The neon sign above the band results band reads Maggie's Revenge, a reference to the British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, who appears on the cover of Sanctuary and Women in Uniform. Another great single. Now that leads me 
side note wise to cover versions i had no idea growing up listening to those songs that i ever live in australia Barrett to an Australian who loves Skyhooks and whose single Maiden covered in Women in Uniform. Why they chose Women in Uniform? I have no idea. Was it a big single in the UK? I was too young to know. To know that. I really love to know that and why they chose that particular song. If anyone out there knows why, hey, let me know. I'd love to know. Okay. Uh, on the right side of the walkway above, just above the last result result sign, is the bracket that holds Hedy's skull together from the Peace of Mind album, which Riggs drew as a cartouche. Now, if you know what a cartouche is, it's a like a bowl kind of thing, a skull bowl that you drink from. Um, fascinating um, input, I, you know. So, I mean, I could go on and on there. I'm not going to bore you with so much, and I'd like you, the dear listener, um, to go in and have a look. Okay, there is one last one. To the left of the clock is a sign that reads Herbert Alice. A reference to the author Frank Herbert, who wrote the book June, upon which the Iron Maiden song To Tame a Land is based. Herbert had also died the same year, explaining the word Alice. The reference also refers to the uh, unfriendly response the band received from Herbert via his agent regarding permission to use June as the song title. Beneath the Phantom Opera House sign, there is a sign that reads EMI REC. All that band's albums outside of North America have been released on EMI Records. I'll leave it at that. Now... Yes, so there are lots of fan-based websites, as I found, about this album cover. It is as intricate and as wonderful as the music that is held within it. I hope that you love this song and album as much as I do. I hope you love the packaging. I hope you went to the Somewhere Back in Time tour like I did and bought every shirt like I did and um, just reveled in the, the, the time that we spent with the band. So it all becomes time, you know. If I was to take and add, add up every minute that I've spent in the company of said fellows of Iron Maiden, it would be sinful to be relieved. But is it wasted time? Is it wasted years? No, it's not. Every minute of every moment <clears throat> I've loved, and I cannot wait to share next week's episode with you. Um, right now, I'm quite toyed with what it's going to be. I'm tied. I don't know what it is yet. I've got it out of four albums. Um, not sure, but we will work it out, and I'll get to you back to you about it. Please, like I said, like and subscribe. Play this album. Look at the record. If you can't get hold of the album cover, again, the CD covers all you've got. You can go online and Google the album, and it, you can look on your on on Google Images, and you're sure you'll find all of those little implies inside jokes and moment or comments before that I've mentioned, and maybe more. Um, I'd also like you to play the album and play it loud. It can sound sometimes, to me it sounds like Maiden. People say it doesn't. And I say, bar you, who to you? Because it does. Because everything they do is Maiden. Whether it's an acoustic number, whether it's um, like something uh, out of time for them, like they played on a lot of um, songs on the, um, the last couple of albums that weren't really Maiden-esque. I say... Shut up, listen, put your prejudice behind because you're going to enjoy it either way. Anyway, that's me. Time's up in my company. I'm going to go and reheat my tea now. Um, I'm going to go and do some stuff, listen to some more music, make some more notes. I think I'm going to put on Somewhere in Time even louder than I did before. And uh, 
I'll talk to you on the other side, guy. On the other side, guys, and uh, keep safe, keep well, keep rocking. Bye from town. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.